We all want to be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. I'm your host and coach, B. King. And I know I always say I have special guests, but I have an extra, extra special <laughs> guest with me here today. I have the Tessa Cahoon on the show, on the podcast. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much. The Tessa Cahoon. I love it. The. It's I like, mean, you so powerful. <laughs> well, that's because you are powerful and you oh, definitely get you. a V in front of your name. Thank I you. mean, the, I could go into all of the things. I'm going to have you share your bio, but Aww. this is just like very full circle. Tessa, I mean, Tessa and I go way, 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 way back. Yeah. Like there's so many backs that we go there's so many like layers I feel like too so many eras. story yeah a lot of eras um a lot of errors my favorite error was Tessa planned my wedding yeah um which was the best day ever and we just celebrated our anniversary uh, a couple of weeks ago and we watched the video and it just brought back the fondest most feel-good memories and that was, that was my favorite era of yes. the Brittany and Tessa um, relationship but then it evolved <laughs> It then did. it evolved into this next era when I put up a Instagram post. I don't even remember what it said. And you said you were interested in coaching. And I, my heart literally was like jumped out of my chest. I was so I had no idea. Literally, I had no idea what you wanted coaching on. And I didn't make any assumptions. I was just mm -hmm. like so excited that you even had interest because I love working. Like I've worked with you, you know, in so many different capacities, teaching mm -hmm. spin and the wedding. I love working with people like you. I love working with the high achievers that just get shit done. And <laughs> when you reached out to me, I was like, I don't know what it is, but we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. So here we are. Now we get to share your story. We get to share your transformation and share what you're up to in the world, which is probably you'd be, if you asked your younger self, so surprised that this is what you're doing now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just wanted a little start with your bio. Like, I know mm -hmm. I gave an intro of who you are, mm -hmm. but share a little bit more about who you are and what you're up to in the world. Yeah, of course. Well, first, thank you so much for having me on. I know like you came in, I think I want to say my first interview podcast. So, I mean, you have so much to do with the podcast in general. So thank you for having me. But also you were like the first guest I had on mine. And I want to say this is like the second or third time I've been on a guest like on a podcast. So it's like it feels really cool. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, also the way that you guys celebrated your anniversary, I have to touch upon that before I get to myself, because it was the cutest thing I've ever seen. You guys went back. Were you at Pizzeria Bianco and were you just hanging out at Heritage Square? Like so oh, our plan, with your, our with plan your little was... one with Ellie, like that was so sweet. And it was such like a it was such a beautiful moment to like see mm -hmm. you play it out because I mean, that wedding doesn't seem so long ago. So then to fast forward to see you both with your little one 
And was there also a wedding happening at Heritage Square? Oh my God, that's so cute. It was, uh, it was, so we were, we were going to go to Pizza Bianco, but then, um, it, the wait was super long. So we went oh. and we just got to watch cause we knew there'd be a wedding cause like 11, 11 yeah. on a Saturday. I oh mean, people, yeah. People have been waiting for that for five years. Right. Yeah. And it was actually yep. really funny because we were joking about like crashing the wedding. We ran into my sister-in-law and brother-in-law <laughs> going to the wedding <laughs> And the irony is Pete was our officiant. So it was just a very full circle. And it yeah. was very, I was very emotional getting to share that with Ellie. Um, wow. It was just very special. So thank oh, you for I'm that. Sure. Oh my God. Of yeah. course. Yeah, no, 1111 was very popular. I was at McCormick Ranch Golf Club that night, but no, yeah, my bio. I mean, I always feel like that question is so hard. The, the whole, when you sit down for an interview and people are like, okay, so like, tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, where do you even begin? That's one of the hardest questions, right? But I think in terms mm -hmm. of career, um, you know, I started my business when I was 23 years old. Now, fast forward, I just turned 33 on Thanksgiving. And 10 years in business, I started my wedding planning business. So I really was just bright-eyed, bushy-tailed right out of college. Through college, I worked for a company called Pro Scout, where I got kind of my first dose of working events, but it was more corporate events. And I worked on the AV side of things. I fell in love with working with weddings because it was just far more personal. Like I could actually work with the client and I felt like I was leaving, making a difference and actually like making a mark and making an impact, which fast forward is now what I'm all about. But started working in weddings, but then I quickly realized after college, not a lot of wedding planners were hiring. So I started my own company, just like went, dove in head first, started my business. I think I went through like LegalZoom to get my LLC, which I had no idea what I was really doing, to be honest with you. I worked with a few other planners, um, still validated my love for wedding planning, kind of got the um, basics of what I needed to learn through that hands-on experience. But I had to work for my father at the time. So while I got my business up and going, I worked for my dad and my dad is a concrete contractor. He owns his own concrete company where he does decorative concrete work. So I was like planning weddings and then like looking over blueprints and like responding to emails. And I was like, I have to get out of here. Like love my father, but like, this is not where I'm meant to be. So I've had my business for 10 years. So that's how I started it. Um, I have just a team of two right now. So it's just me and my girl, Jessica. I used to have a bigger team. The pandemic definitely threw a wrench in a lot of my plans and a lot of my growth, which uh, is definitely something a lot of planners are dealing with. Um, but, you know, very grateful. I feel like it's an incredible industry to be in. Um, I've met a lot of, like, you know, very inspiring women. It's a very female dominated industry. So, um, and it allows me to be creative. I am a planner at heart. I love uh, logistics, so I love managing how things get done. Um, and also, I'm kind of also unlearning some things that have made me good at what I do, if that mm. makes any sense. So you've helped me with this. So in being a wedding planner and being a wedding planner for so long, you know, it's a it's an industry that you know, champions perfectionism and demands for you to perform at the highest level all the time. And I, for a while, was very good at that, but I was experiencing some burnout and I was feeling exhausted and it became less fulfilling and more demanding. And I mean, it'll always be demanding. It's one of the most high pressure jobs you can have, but it kind of 
as of recently and after a year and a half of just really reflecting and taking pause, it's also allowed me to look a little bit inward and think, okay, how can I pivot? How can I change some things? Because maybe this fast paced work environment of like, go, 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 make things look beautiful, even if it doesn't feel right all the time, maybe this isn't working for me emotionally and mentally. Mm. So, um, you know, that's when I started reaching out to you amongst other things that was happening in my personal life. I think that that's what is so relatable about your story is, you know, you said, you said it so well, you know, your industry champions perfectionism Mm -hmm. and as high achievers, high achievers and perfectionism kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. And being able to recognize the signs of burnout and recognize like the areas that used to fulfill you just were becoming more demanding. Just even having that awareness just shows, you know, that you were ready to make a shift. So share with me a little bit about where you were at before you shared a little bit about where you're at, but go into a little bit more detail about where you were at and what prompted you to reach out for coaching. Yeah. So I was very much involved in my healing journey when I had reached out to you. So um, a year and a half ago, I had suffered a very major traumatic event in my life um, that really made me take a pause and think, okay, this can't be my life. How do I need to pivot? What do I need to do to live the most fulfilled life that I want to live? And also to reach my full potential because I feel like this isn't it. So that event happened. I really did take a step back. I consulted with a therapist. I was working on myself and I finally started to feel like I was coming out of my shell, but I still had a lot of fear and a lot of my own insecurities that I was very much dealing with and that I may always deal with. So when I had reached out to you, I had this small idea in my head about writing a book and potentially starting a podcast. I had started writing a book about my experience Um, but I wanted to do more and I wanted to do something sooner because I mean, writing a book takes years and it takes time. I'd been feeling like I had been living in isolation for quite some time. So when I reached out to you, I was finally kind of like poking my head out of the hole Mm -hmm. (laughs) and being like, okay, like I know Brittany is a very safe space Mm. and this is the type of person I want to invest my dreams with Mm. and into. I know that this person will be receptive, not judgmental. You were just seen as a very safe space as I've known you for so long before this, mm-hmm. whether it was in college when we initially met or um, mm-hmm. in community. Um, mm-hmm. I had seen what you had been doing for a long time from afar. And I was like, I want to cash in. Like, I, I <laughs> believe in this trick. So mm-hmm. I have this big goal, but sometimes big goals, not sometimes, often big goals are very, very scary. So I knew that I needed somebody to help me get over the fear to create, you know, what my end goal was, which was to create this beautiful podcast that I've started Mm. in Dear Sunny. Mm. And you helped me a great deal. So thank you. (laughs) Honestly, I feel like everything you just said, I feel honored and privileged. I don't think that there's a nicer compliment than a safe feeling safe with someone Mm -hmm. because in the lens of a nervous system regulation, like safety is key to anything we want growth, um, expansion. We have to feel safe in order to do that. And sometimes we need that like co-regulator, someone that you feel that you can trust Mm -hmm. to go after 
those dreams. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait to talk about the podcast in a little bit because yeah. just even the journey to, to get there is so impressive yeah. and your vulnerability and being able to open up and share in the way that you have is incredibly powerful. Um, but before we get there, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, this is so relatable because someone on the ex- external, whether they know you closely or not, do you think that they would be shocked to hear that you had fear that was stopping you? They're like, wait a second, Tessa, you started a wedding business. You've been in business for 10 years. You've accomplished all of these things and have all of these achievements. How yeah. could you, someone that has all of these achievements, stop yourself from creating, you know, bringing your idea to life? Quite simply, I was sick and tired of faking it. So I <laughs> developed a fantastic avatar of I am woman, hear me roar, and I am fearless, mm-hmm. which I definitely, that is a part of myself. But but I also was in a very fragile state when I mm-hmm. had reached out to you. I mm-hmm. knew that, you know, I started my wedding planning business on my own. I know what it's like to do something on my own. But what I've learned is that these big things aren't meant to be done alone. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I needed somebody in my corner. I needed an accountability coach that I, that I, that I knew would hold me accountable, that I knew would also cheer me on when I was feeling hesitant because I was going back and forth on this idea of starting a podcast and for speaking out about my experience for so long. And I knew that I needed an external force to help me push it home. Mm -hmm. I knew that I couldn't do it on my own. So I think that there are some things that are meant to be do alone, but this thing was not one of them. Like I Mm -hmm. knew that I needed the help and I've also grown exponentially. And I think a huge indicator of growth is acknowledging the fact that there are some things that aren't meant to be done alone, that Mm -hmm. it's okay to ask for help. Like I had gone so long not asking for help and feeling like, okay, you know, this is my business. Therefore I am the creator. I'm the answer to all my problems, but that's not necessarily the case, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's very great and it's helpful to, you know, have that assistance and to have that support. So mm. I, I I knew that you were the girl for the job. <laughs> mm. I just make, I like such a privilege because most people don't get past the idea phase mm-hmm. like yeah. so, like we are gifted ideas for a reason and the thing about the ideas are they're not just going to magically happen you have you're the vessel to bring it to life but the number one reason why people don't get past having the idea is fear yeah it's fear and it shows up in all I call fear the master of disguise because it shows up as perfectionism mm-hmm. it shows up as confusion it shows up as indecision all the things you just mentioned like going back yeah. and forth right mm-hmm. like the perfectionism all of that is just another way of saying I'm afraid yeah. I'm afraid of the unknown because what's on the other side if I bring this idea to life so yeah. were there any, were there any hesitations, you know, reaching out, being someone that like you said, you know, you have this avatar, like you kind of took off your mask and were like, Hey, I, I, I need help. I don't, I don't have this. I don't have it all together and I need support right now. Um, were there any hesitations there? You know, it's funny because usually there would be, but for whatever reason, I think I've already explained this to you or told you about this. It felt almost like a gravitational pull was leading me. Like I didn't even, when I saw your prompt on Instagram, I didn't even think to myself, oh, like, do I need coaching? I just was immediately like, yes. Like it was almost Mm. like like a knee jerk reaction where it was like, I need to, like, she's offering 
free initial consultations. Like, yes, do it. Like mm-hmm. I, it was, there's a few moments in my life where I have just acted where it's almost mm-hmm. kind of like I'm being led to this action where it's mm-hmm. so instinctual and it's so like zero pause occurs. Mm-hmm. It's when I started coaching with you. And then also when I got my dog, Hazel, like I saw mm-hmm. the photo, I was like, done, done, done. Like, don't need to think like this is it. And she's like my soul dog. But no, like there are things I felt like I was being led to you. And I think that our, our initial consultation that happened that day happened the same time I did. I'm a very spiritual individual. I think this is why we vibe so much. Totally. Um, but I did a reading with um, an inc- the incredible Zoe Greco. She is a very talented spiritual life coach and she can channel and she can tune into people's energies to help you navigate hard situations. And I had reached out to her the same day that we had our initial conversation. We had a call and it's so funny to see how my talk with her, how it's played out with you because all the things that she predicted were things that we had actually worked on later on. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of was, I feel like it was really the universe being like, Hey, this is the path to do it. We know that you can't do it alone because you have still a lot of fear inside of you. And we know that how Tessa reacts when she is in, you know, freeze, fight or flight, she just, mm-hmm. she just tends to not do anything. It's that, mm-hmm. that there's zero action that takes place. And then there, that was not the time for zero action though. So I needed you to help me kind of push things along. So mm-hmm. I didn't have any hesitation. It was almost just kind of like a higher power was like, Hey girl, <laughs> it's initial consultation. Like what's going to happen? You know, <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. I mean, I also think because we already have like a relationship, you knew that yeah. you could trust me. Um, but yeah. I do believe in synchronicities and in signs and I, and there's no coincidences. I believe that with anyone that I have a consultation with, whether I work with them or not, because yeah. it could just be a part of the conversation that sparks something in them mm-hmm. that they go on and do the thing. Actually, I have a friend that we only had a consultation. It wasn't the right time to work together, but from that conversation, she started her photography business just by having yeah. one conversation, yeah. right? It's like, just giving yourself that space and allowing yourself to see a different perspective, I think is so powerful. And I remember we were talking about your card reading with Zoe and um, the synchronicities of it. We talked about breath work, nervous system regulation, the podcast, all the things which like unfolded in those three months of working together. Wild. And it gave me the chills even as we just kind of reflected on that because Mm -hmm. there are no coincidences. There are synchronicities everywhere whether you're spiritual or not, you just have to be looking open. like you have to be open to them yeah. and not being distracted. When you're distracted, you miss the signs, but when you're mm-hmm. open and you're present and you're aware, they are right there and you can kind of feel it in your body. You know, we are all intuitive beings. And when you have that gravitational pull towards something, you got to listen to it because it's, it's a really small subtle thing that's happening in your body. Whereas fear is so much louder, so much more intense feeling than the like subtle intuitive um, hits that we get. Uh, So I love that. I love that there was no hesitation. So share with me now, like, where are you now? Like we were kind of talking about it before we hit record, but it's pretty amazing. And you know, when did we start working together? Like that was the the summertime, right? So it was August time. Yeah. Yeah, June, July. Yeah, I think July. Calling, yeah, it was July. No, yeah, where I'm at right now, um, I was telling you, yeah, a little bit before the call, I'm just in this area of, of life, in this era where I'm just very content. Mm-hmm. I'm very content with doing 
nothing. I'm content with doing all the things. Like no matter what environment you put me in, I feel grounded mm. and I feel good and I feel confident and I know that I am in control and I know that I can say yes to the things that I want to and I can say no to the things that no longer serve me without anxiety mm. ruling my life and feeling like I have to perform all the time. I feel like you know, I always would wake up being like, oh my God, like, how am I going to serve others today? Like, oh, mm -hmm. like, what do people need from me? And now mm -hmm. it's first, I always fill my cup. And mm -hmm. that was something that was very challenging for me. Um, you know, not only because of the way that I was raised, but also because of the line that I, of work that I was in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, um, you know, taking the time for myself and fueling my own soul has been huge. Mm. And it has made me this content, you know, optimistic, grateful individual that I am today, which is huge considering where I was at a year ago. A year ago, I was at my rock bottom. Mm. So mm. Um, it's it's a good, it's, I'm, I'm in a really good place right now. And oh. I'm just so grateful for the work that we have done. And even the work that I have done on my own, despite of, mm. you know, our coaching, it really does take a level of accountability and it does take mm -hmm. a level of work. It doesn't come easy, but like mm -hmm. it came from a strong desire of this can't be my story. And like, we mm. need to change this. Mm. So yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I'm changing it and I'm living the story that I was meant to play out for the world to see. And I'm, I'm, mm. I feel very happy about it. Uh, I mean, yeah. yes, this is, I was, I was thinking about that as you were talking. It's like, it's mm -hmm. not as simple as just, you know, there's so many layers to the healing journey and there's different parts of it and different things that you're doing at different times. Mm -hmm. And just to even sit back and recognize where you were a year ago to where you are today, yeah. um, how much growth went into that, how much healing went into that to be sitting here saying how content you are with your life and how you're changing your story and just, you know, deciding that and making mm -hmm. a choice yeah. is so powerful. And I think people forget that they have the, they have the choice to, to yeah. change their story at any given moment. Yeah. So I'm curious, like of the coaching that we did, you know, we did the tangible stuff as you know, getting the podcast, like moving along, holding you accountable, getting you past the the perfectionism blocks, the stuff that kind of like, we're like, what about this? What about this? That we were just mm -hmm. kind of like working through, but I'm curious about like, what was like your biggest takeaway from coaching? What's like a lesson that, you know, we, you, we touched on together that you're going to kind of carry with you forever. For me, I think it was, Hey, like there is this spotlight effect sometimes mm. that your reality isn't necessarily everyone else's reality. And like that really created the sense of peace inside of me because mm -hmm. I felt like all of my anxiety around people wanting something from me right now or people needing this out of me and people, you know, expecting something. It's like, wait, no, people are living their own lives. Like people are busy. Like mm -hmm. you can relax. <laughs> um, that has been huge. Also mm. sitting with my emotion. Mm. Um, I think that I was in, I, I don't think, I know that I was in a pattern of numbing for quite some time, whether it was, and I, I know we may get into this, but just a part of my story was that I had struggled with an eating disorder for so long and that I had struggled with um, a, a reliance on Adderall. So mm -hmm. I had been numbing 
for such an extended period of time. So to have somebody say, hey, listen, in order for you to really get through this emotion, for you to dissect it so you can fully understand it and move on in a very healthy way, sitting with things has always been hard for me. But just having a safe individual like you being like, hey, listen, until you sit with it, you're not going to be able to heal from it. Mm -hmm. So the two, the two, you know, sitting with your emotions and, um, and also just acknowledging that, you know, there is a spotlight effect that happens when you put yourself out there and to know that things can wait. Mm -hmm. I think that that, those are the two big takeaways for me. Oh, those are beautiful lessons. I want to talk about the podcast. Like, you know, we talked about the intangible stuff. You did reach out, um, because you had an idea and honestly, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite sentences in the world is when someone's like, Brittany, I have an idea. I'm an activator. Mm -hmm. That is one of my number one strength. I think, no, maybe it's my number three. My number one strength is um, futuristic, which also makes sense. But um, my third strength is adapt or not (laughs) my second strength adaptability. Third strength is is activator. There we go. It doesn't matter. I mean, they're all, they're they're all, you can interchange them, but I'm an act. I'm an activator, and so what an activator does is they bring ideas to life, and I help people do that. I help them, you know, they plant the seeds. I help them water it, nurture it, tend to it, so it can be brought to life to see, you know, if it can thrive in in the world. Yeah. And so when you told me your idea, I was like, how? Like, who's going to tell this story if it's not you? Yeah. Like this is such an important message. Like about what you've gone through, but then how you've taken that pain and have turned it into a purpose and how that resonates. And already, I mean, you've had the podcast for a couple months now and the message that you have sent has resonated with so many women. And I guarantee you don't even realize the people that it's impacted and how it's going to help them change their story. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about the podcast a little bit. And, you know, you've shared, you've touched upon a little bit of your story, but share kind of the basis of Dear Sunny. Yeah. So Dear Sunny was born because I, for multiple reasons, but I think the biggest reason was this was the podcast that I needed when I was at the lowest of my lows. I think that in society and just with the world that we live in that is driven by social media, a lot of people tend to put out, um, you know, content or cherry pick information about their lives that seems glowy and happy and sometimes often unrealistic to most people who are viewing it. I think a lot of people can relate to the feeling of, oh my God, their life seems so great. Like what's wrong with me when they're scrolling through their Instagram? I needed to know a year and a half ago that I wasn't alone. And I was sick and tired of seeing the highlight reels. I wanted to see the low light reel. I wanted to know, you know, what their rock bottom was and how they pulled themselves out of it. Um, I wanted to relate to people. And I think that, you know, a big part of relating to people is people's willingness to be vulnerable. So I really wanted to create a space where women especially could get vulnerable about the hard topics, about the hard things in their life, and then also provide a roadmap to others on how they were able to pull themselves out of it and how to turn their pain into power. Um, And that can be through a variety of different ways. But for me, you know, that was one reason why Dear Sunny was born. And then the second reason why Dear Sunny was born was also to kind of pay respects and to commemorize the soul that I lost that made the biggest impact on my life without even meeting, which was Mm -hmm. 
the soul of my child that I had given up because I was in a very toxic relationship. I was in a fairly public relationship um, that looked really good on the outside. And that seemed to be the theme in my life, you know, creating a reality for others that seemed really good on the outside. But meanwhile, I was struggling with my own demons and I wasn't being honest with myself. Mm. And this traumatic experience in that last relationship, how it ended, um, was my wake up call. Um, mm. I was with Sunny's father for only a half a year, found out that I was pregnant, had plans to keep the child until an event happened that I no longer could look away. Um, I had to accept the relationship for what it was, which was a very toxic relationship with an individual that had his own demons that he, I don't think was willing at the time or maybe potentially ever to face. And I knew that I had this responsibility as that child's mother to bring them into a world that was not so chaotic. And I knew that if I were to stay with this individual and also even to bring this child into the world as I was, wasn't doing this child any service. So how I chose to focus my grief because I did choose to not keep that child, which is a very complicated and one of the hardest, most selfless decisions I've ever made in my life. And I know a lot of people listening may not understand that. Um, with planned miscarriage, I think a lot of women who have them experience a wide range of emotions and I think all are mm -hmm. correct. But for me, it was, I am so grateful for this soul I never got a chance to meet because that soul is what woke me up. Mm. It's that that soul told me, hey, listen, like this isn't the life that I'm meant for, but it's also not the life that you're meant for either. Mm. And I already had a name selected for that child and that name was Sunny. So mm. a lot of what you see on the Dear Sunny podcast is stories that women can relate to, um, tackling women's subjects that are sometimes hard for other women to talk about, but are also so widely common and universal, whether it's being um, in a toxic relationship that you can't get out of, or whether it is struggling with an eating disorder or struggling with the decision to make regarding an unplanned pregnancy and not knowing what to do. These are things that so many women suffer from but no one is willing to talk about it. And I felt like it was hard for me to find a voice to speak to what I was going through at that time. So my response to it was just becoming that voice. Mm -hmm. So that's why Dear Sunny was born. Oh my gosh. It's like, no matter how many times I hear your story, I always get the same visceral response in my body. Like just even the way that you shared about Sunny just sent chills all over my body. And, you know, these, these little souls that come into our life and they come into come in earth side or, or are still in the spiritual world, they are our teachers. And I think that it was so powerful to, to acknowledge that, have that be like, that was, that was the purpose in this experience. And it takes such courage and vulnerability to not only accept that in yourself, but then how you've brilliantly shared your story. And I think one of the things that are the most powerful about how you're sharing it is the impact that it is already making. And you are just in the beginning 
stages. So the fact that you're in the beginning stages of your podcast right now, and it's already making an impact, it gives me the chills to think about where you're going to be in just even a year from now. It's really exciting. I mean, when the first episode dropped, like I was, I think, I mean, I told you, I was a ball of nerves when that first episode dropped. Like there was a wide range of emotions ranging from excitement, freedom to fear, because I was worried about retaliation. I was worried about what people would think of me. I mean, I'm talking about very hard, controversial topics. So I was just pleased to get such a warm and incredible response. And the common response that I kept on getting was, oh my God, I felt like I was listening to my own story, which is huge because that is, again, just affirms the reason why I created the podcast in the first place, because I so desperately felt like I couldn't relate to anybody. And when you feel like you can't relate, you isolate and you feel like something's wrong with you. So I think that there's also an element of like destigmatizing a lot of the hard things that I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. But I think that the first, the episode, I don't think I know, it made top 100, which was insane. It was on top 100 on Apple Podcasts. And I, I, I mean, I saw the chart and granted it was only on there for 30 minutes, but I was like, oh my God, like, this is incredible. Like, this is unreal. So yes, I feel that. I feel that power behind this podcast and I'm just so excited to see where it leads. Mm, me too. So if someone's listening to this episode and they haven't heard, or maybe they've heard of the podcast, but they haven't listened to Dear Sunny yet, what can they expect from the podcast? They can expect a combination of hard and real conversations about topics that a lot of women in society tend to shy away from because there's things that are really complicated um, about these topics, a lot of different opposing point of views. Um, So we're going to talk about hard subjects, but necessary subjects, Mm -hmm. things that range from overcoming um, a toxic relationship to body dysmorphia, to eating disorders, to, um, you know, planned miscarriage, you know, all these things that women go through, but a lot of women feel less inclined to discuss. I'm enlisting guests that are open to discussing those types of topics. Um, Also, you're going to expect a lot of real life stories. So this is a podcast that champions authentic storytelling. And I am enlisting some women that I admire that I know who have gone through it um, to provide a roadmap and some inspiration of how they were able to turn their pain into power. So Um, expect some authenticity, expect some hard conversations, expect some laughs also along the way. Like my personality isn't serious all the time, Um, nor do I want people to tune in and like have a sob story every single time that they listen to the podcast. It's going to be uplifting. Um, It's going to be joyous, but we're also going to be challenging and taking on challenging subjects head on. So good. And I think, you know, you said you use humor and laughter to kind of lighten the load on the heavy subjects. I think just based off of getting to witness this firsthand and help you go from ideation to creation, I think that's one of the things that sets what you're doing apart. Yeah, no. And I think that balance is important, correct? I think Mm -hmm. that people tune into podcasts because they want to be entertained as well as informed. Uh So I completely acknowledge that when I was going through my hard times, I was bouncing back and forth between Caller Daddy and Glennon Doyle. So it was like, I needed that combination. I needed that comedic relief. I think that laughter is the best medicine. And granted, there's certain subject matter that, you know, I have to kind of rein back. And there's some podcasts that are going to be a little bit 
bit more serious, but that's just not in my nature. Like my nature is to, you know, crack a joke and kind of be a little bit sarcastic from time to time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I do. I think that humor is important, um, especially when you're tackling these um, challenging subjects. Mm, So good. Yeah. So, you know, you had to overcome quite a bit of fear to get your podcast and start using your voice. So can you speak to how you did that? Cause I know a lot of people listening to the podcast, they have ideas as well and they don't get past the ideation phase because fear holds them back. So I'm curious what you would say is like the main thing that helped you get over that fear. I think that there's a combination of a couple different things. Um, for me, it took time. Time was huge. I needed, I, I, I got off social media and I didn't speak about what had happened for over a year. It took me over a year to heal. Um, I'm still in the healing process. It took me over a year to heal. Um, working with a therapist was huge, but it got to the point where just staying silent, it, it was eating away up. It, it was eating away at me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a very outgoing person. Once you get me out, I'm like an extroverted introvert in that way. I love to share. I love, I'm the type of person where it's like, if we're going to go grab drinks, I want to sit down with you and be like, let's discuss our traumas. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, I don't like small talk. Uh, That's the type of person I am. So I love to share. I love to connect, but I just felt like I was in this place of isolation and it was just eating away at me. And I got to the point where I truly had to ask myself, who is my silence protecting it's not protecting me. It's eating away at me. Um, my silence is protecting the people who did this to me. Um, so I really just wanted to, you know, free myself. I got to that point where I just couldn't handle it anymore. And the voice inside of my head telling me to speak just got significantly louder and louder. And I will also say our work together too. Mm -hmm. I mean, you helped me push through a lot of my hesitance and my pause Mm -hmm. and reminded me of why I wanted to do it in the first place, because you mentioned something to me that was really great that always stuck with me. When you are on the cusp of greatness or doing something new, doing something challenging, that's when you experience the most pushback. Mm -hmm. That's when you experience all the self-doubt. That's when you experience all of the, who the hell do you think you are? Kind of, you know, those thoughts in your head were like, Mm -hmm. okay, who are you to even speak on this? People are going to think this of you. People are going to think that it's like a shameless grab that you're just trying to get attention. And that's not what it is. That's not in my heart, Mm -hmm. but you do, you start to second guess yourself when you are about to explode and when you're about to bring your visions to life. So I think that it was a combination of just me being ready and also our coaching. Yeah. It's so fascinating. Like as a coach to get to witness that, you know, I work with so many women that get to that place where they're about to like cross over like that precipice of, of change, of transformation, of putting out something that has been on their heart for so long. And there isn't a time where that resistance doesn't show up and resistance is another form of fear. And it was just so amazing to witness you like be right there kind of on the edge of it like looking looking down on the other side and being like I don't know and like you just had your brain was offering you all of these different thoughts and 
reasons not to, and, and some of them are legitimate fears. Like, you know, there's the real fear and then there's the manufactured fear. Some of the stuff that you were bringing up was legitimate. Like there was an element of safety to it. Yeah. And I just thought you handled it. So with so much grace, like you faced it head on and I, and that's a testament to your healing. And I love that you said it was time. You gave yourself time because sometimes we get an idea and we're like, we got, we got to like, we tried to like rush into it and we kind of take it from this place of scarcity and lack, but you really gave yourself a lovely runway to create and bring this into the world. Thank you. No. And I even think after that first episode too, the response was so overwhelming. Um, and also in some ways too, it was almost kind of like I was picking at a scab a little bit because when you mm-hmm. talk about the trauma and what you've been through and when you dissect it in such a public way, a yeah. little bit of that still comes to the surface. So I, totally. I mean, a lot of people noticed and I was panicking, um, you know, chatting with you about it. Like it took me another like month and a half to release a second mm-hmm. episode for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of it was too, is because I was like, oh my God, like the pressure of feeling like I just strike while the iron was hot, but also mm-hmm. trying to honor my own healing journey and, you know, realign with why I started it in the first place. I was like, it's more important for me to wait and to digest all of this and to figure out, okay, this was a success. How do I pivot and how do I create longevity? Mm-hmm. Um, that was the biggest thing. I still say it's one of the most beautiful things, or if not the most beautiful thing I've ever done. Mm, I definitely agree with that. And it will continue to grow and evolve. And the beauty of it will continue to grow and evolve as you do as well. Yes, I feel that. I think, you know, that outlet's so important to touch upon, you know, when we recall our stories and, you know, like, I love that it's such a perfect analogy of like picking at a scab, like a wound that's not a hundred percent healed. You know, there's this element of not feeling safe in your body and we witnessed it happen. You did the first episode. I remember our conversation and I was like, listen, it's okay. We have to turn off the perfectionist mindset of like, it needs to be done perfectly now and just allow yourself to like give yourself the space to create from a place of true love versus like, oh my God, I have to do something now. Yeah, a hundred percent. And even you mentioned um, on the podcast you recorded with me, my perfectionist tendency, because when we did the podcast about overcoming perfectionism, um, my perfectionist tendency is the expert. Like I like Mm -hmm. to appear like I have my shit together (laughs) and that I am the expert. I'm, I'm all knowing when this is still very new to me. Like, let's be real. Like, I mean, editing, podcasting, scheduling on top of still running my other business, Mm -hmm. um, which I do full time. It's wedding planning, which is a completely different, you know, world. You know, it was all very new to me, but I so badly wanted to appear like it wasn't. (laughs) I know. I was like, and then I was just like, just stop. You don't have to. And you're like, I don't. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I, oh yeah, I created this. Oh, that was like an arbitrary deadline that I made up in my head. <laughs> yeah. Like no one really cares that much. Like when the next episode comes yeah. out, they're not waiting by their phone. They're not setting their alarms. <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe one day. And if they <laughs> are, that's like, amazing. And yeah, it's okay. I think that's yeah. always the the lesson in, in those times. And that's why we set goals. That's why we do these types of things. And we put our creative genius, I should say into the world is because it shows us like the type of person that we are and the type of person we want to become. So Mm -hmm. it really shines a light on maybe different areas of ourselves that we're like, Oh, maybe I don't want to be functioning from this place anymore. How do I want to approach this differently? And then Mm -hmm. it just creates a 
completely different outcome that's better than the outcome of if you had it all figured out before you got started. Well, I agree. And then I think that the biggest word that always comes up when it comes to my brand and when it comes to Dear Sunny is authenticity. Mm-hmm. So if I am struggling to create a facade of perfection, I'm literally going against everything that the Dear Sunny podcast stands for. Right. And I was like, this doesn't even make any sense. I'm not like, I, I'm, I'm not practicing what I preach. So <laughs> I had to constantly remind myself of that. But that's what's so great is how honest you are about it. You know, it's like, you look at your, you're like, okay, so my, like, my lighthouse is authenticity. And when I go into perfectionist mindset, which instead of trying to shut out the perfectionist, which is not helpful, we want to work with it in a really healthy, productive way. So it's not about like getting rid of that part of you. It's about working with her. And that's what you've done with this podcast. You've taken those elements that have really served you and let go of the parts that don't. So you, you really have created this new and evolved version of yourself through this project. And it's just so beautiful. And it's going to be incredible to see where you are in a year from now. I know. I'm very excited. I, I, I feel like it's like my way of giving back, but I'm also, it's, it's, let's be real. It's also for me too. This podcast has been, um, very healing and very therapeutic. I've always been the type of person that loves to heal and to motivate others, whether it is in the spin room or whether it's in my friendships. Like I really love that. That's where I feel most fulfilled. Um, so it has, it's been just an incredible journey and I hope that other people find it to be as fueling and therapeutic as I have. Yeah. Yeah, It's kind of like you just unlocked another level. Cause I remember our first conversation, it was, you were missing the fulfillment, like what you do Mm -hmm. as a wedding planner was fulfilling, but there was this element that was missing and you kind of like unlocked this new level of fulfillment. Yeah through this podcast. And I agree. I mean, my podcasting journey was super healing for me as well. Just not being afraid to use my voice and put myself in, you know, out there. And I just, that's the point of our goals, right? That's the point of doing things. It's supposed to expand us as a human being. It's supposed to help us grow and get to that next level. And it's just so amazing when you find people that also want to do that. Oh, I know. So good. Well, is there anything else you want to share about the podcast before we listen to it? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if if they're not intrigued to listen to it by now, I'm like, come on. I'm sure people have maybe even turned off this episode and have gone to Dear Sunny (laughs) to be like, I need to hear this story. I mean, the story is, I feel like even if if you don't think that it may resonate with you, there are going to be, if you are a woman, there are going to be things that you are going to take away from that episode, from all of my episodes. I talk with incredible, very admirable entrepreneurs that are well-known in town. I talk to, um, you know, mental health care professionals. Um, mm-hmm. so you are getting amazing insights into everyday life issues that women are confronted with. And it's an incredible mm-hmm. tool. It's, I want it to be a safe space for women. 
Um, I know that it's a safe space for women. Um, I'm even hearing from my guests how free they feel after mm. they spill the tea. I should say that ones are like, yeah, we spilt the tea, but like we feel more free than we've ever felt before. And mm -hmm. I think that this community that I'm building, it's going to be very powerful. It's going to be um, a community that champions imperfections and um, honesty, um, but not in a messy way. It's going to be done in a constructive way. And I'm just so proud of it. And I would just love for people to be a part of this journey with me. Yes. Well, I have a feeling that anyone listening to this episode is already eagerly waiting to listen yeah. to your sunny. <laughs> awesome. I think the last thing before we wrap mm -hmm. up about the, your guests that after you, they share, they feel free. Yeah. Because so much of our stories or the meaning that we've made behind our stories and the things that have happened to us that we didn't have control over um, carries a lot of shame and shame can't live in the light. So when you start sharing your story and you start owning it, I think Renee Brown, our gal, we talk about her all the time. Like she says, sharing your story and owning your story is the bravest thing you could ever do. And I think that's such a gift of what you're doing, not only for yourself, but for the guests that you have on the show. 100%. It's just a beautiful thing. Yes. And then also sharing your story. You never know who you're impacting. Your story could be someone else's survival guide. Another amazing mm -hmm. Renee Brown quote, you know? Yeah. So that is basically the premise of the podcast, as well as just to aid women um, and empower women to heal, grow, and to never settle never settle. Yeah. Don't second guess yourself. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Um, you know, it, it's, I just, I also think too, I've always craved a community filled with strong women. I've always craved that. I've always wanted it. And when I felt like I couldn't find it, I was like, okay, it's time to make one. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm at. That's where she's at. Oh, well, it's just so beautiful, Tess. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and your gifts and sharing your story so bravely and boldly. And we need to do a podcast in a year from now to be like, where is Tessa now? Oh, man, giving TED Talks. <laughs> giving TED Talks. She's on stages. Oh, Brene Brown is an, a guest on her podcast. Oh, yes, I love this unicorn brainstorming happening right now. I know we'll have a uniform brainstorm stash very soon. Yeah, um, all right, my friend. Well, this was so beautiful. I'll make sure I link the podcast in the show notes. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's really, it. thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for everything that you did to help bring dear Sunny to life. Thank you. Honestly, it was my honor and such a privilege. Thank you.